Welcome to Taking the Plunge Podcast. I'm Marissa. And I'm Mara. Join us as we take the plunge into all things dating over 40. A quick reminder to please take a moment to give us a review, share, and subscribe to our podcast. It really helps us. And also, if you're interested in being a guest on our show or have any questions for us, feel free to reach out. All of our information and contact us info is under the show notes in each episode. We are so excited for you to meet our guest today, Hope with Holly, as she's known on all her socials. Holly was a former pastor and is now an event planner and has a fish farm where people can come to recreationally fish, which is pretty cool. She's a single mom of four teenagers and lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. And she was actually in an arranged marriage for about 20 years, which ended in divorce. And she takes us through all of that, plus all of her post-date horror stories. And there were quite a few. And she has an incredible sense of humor and actually teaches us lots of new words that we have never heard as well. So we are excited for you to hear that and ended up meeting a dating coach on TikTok, actually, who reached out to her and she feels has changed her entire way that she dates. So she walks us through all of that, plus so much more, and in the end, found her voice, realizes her self-worth, and that she is enough. And there's really nothing more important than that. So we just cannot wait for you to hear all of her incredible story. Hey, Holly. Thanks for taking the plunge with us today on our podcast. I wore my bathing suit underneath. Perfect. So I'm so excited. That's important. That's important. Well, thank you yes. so much for being here. We're excited to have you. Yes, I'm excited. Thank you so much, Marissa and Mara, for having me. I'm excited to talk about the shit show that dating is. Yes. Well, we look forward to hearing it from you. And if you want to kind of start out with when you kind of first were back in the world of dating, what was going on for you at the time, and sort of begin there with how things have gone and yeah. Well, first I need to rewind to 1999. Oh. Uh, <laughs> All right. Which was a long time ago where I was in at Liberty University. I was in Bible school getting my degree in biblical studies and I uh got married as a result of an arranged marriage. Oh, so I know. Basically, I come from an Assemblies of God church background and we have prophets. And this prophet came to my church and said that this man was the one I was supposed to marry. And I was 20 and young and dumb and totally indoctrinated. And so I thought, well, how do you hide from God? Like, mm. you, I have to do this. And I don't really have a choice. Although now looking back, of course, I had a choice, but at the time it didn't feel like it. So my whole experience before getting married, I really didn't have a lot of dating experience. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband at the time, we didn't kiss until we got engaged. We didn't have sex until our wedding night. And uh, we were married for 20 years. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, it was never loving marriage it was just like more of a partnership we had four children in three years and uh, so by the time I had my kids I realized oh I'm okay with divorce now (laughs) before my kids I was still very devout in my church I was a youth pastor very involved and I was an abstinence until marriage instructor like I had taken the plunge into the (laughs) wrong side of the pool Okay. <laughs> like what so what changed I, for you? 
my first daughter passed away at birth. Oh, I'm so and sorry. for me, thank you for it was the hardest thing I've ever been through in my entire life. And for me, that caused me to question everything. And certainly I don't want to talk about religion on your platform and, and offend anybody, but I was really going by blind faith in my religion. And so this caused me to no longer be blind, to ask really deep questions. My professors all used to say, oh, this is where you, this scripture, you just need to have faith and believe, you know? So no longer was I willing to do that. And then I, and I realized, you know, I had done all these things correct and yet I was still not in a loving marriage and yet my child still died. And maybe this isn't necessarily truth and I have to follow it so by the book. Then I had three, four children in three years, healthy children, thank goodness. And, and for me, my love for my kids that's when I started realizing, oh, this must be how God feels about us. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily this book. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to disrespect anybody's religion, but I definitely decided divorce is not a sin. <laughs> like this divorce in an in a unloving or abusive relationship, like is totally acceptable. And so I just started going to therapy and knew like, okay, I'm going to, I mean, I created a plan. Like I'm going to get divorced once my youngest get into middle school and therefore I can get a job. So I knew I had more years ahead of me that I had to stay married. So I started therapy to try and figure out how do I stay in a marriage for 15 or 10, 12, 13 more years and not be bitter and angry. How do I really learn to love myself and adapt and change yeah 10 years of therapy (laughs) and I and my ex and I I mean he knew as well we had an amicable divorce thank goodness we read the book conscious uncoupling Mm -hmm. um and we did everything the right way for our kids and I'm so grateful for that um so when we got divorced I was ready to date Mm. because I, I wasn't like most divorcees where I was experiencing deep grief or betrayal of any kind or something like that. I had been ready for 20 years. Then my whole side decided to come out and I was like, (laughs) it took me a minute. I was like, wait. And then I'm like, Oh, whole side. (laughs) I like that. I was like, I was like, I'm going to taste the freaking rainbow. Um, I'm going to go out and have sex with everybody and everything and try it all. And did you? Twice. Twice. Okay. And I was like, no, this is not for me. Um, Not no shade on the ladies that can do that. I'm just, I recognize that I'm definitely more monoamorous where I enjoy um, having sex with a man that I have a deep connection with and, and love. Um, so I really tried to be the girl that could just sleep around. Uh, cause that honestly would make my life so much easier. Yeah. Right. Well, what, what was it because like those two times for you? Both men were, so I can say whatever I want. Anything you want. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
both men were tremendously addicted to porn. And so they had such ridiculous Mm. ideas of what sex Mm. should be like. And although I'm no prude, I definitely consider myself a sex goddess. Mm. And one of my boyfriends, my first major boyfriend after my divorce, we had sex for 12 straight hours. So I am not a prude. 12 hours? Straight? It was glorious. Like, were there breaks? What are we? (laughs) There were some breaks, but there was always sexual activity happening. Wow. And how old was he? (laughs) Your boyfriend. Oh, he he was, I was 43, I guess. And he was the same age, 43. That's impressive. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he came eight times. Wow. But that was 12 hours. That was 12 hours. I came hundreds, you know, but wow. So I'm no prude. (laughs) All that to say, I'm no prude, but these guys were like, okay. Do you want examples? Do you want the nitty gritty? I mean, one guy was like putting me in positions and then would like say, stay right there and then walk away and just like take it all in. And I think that he was just having a hard time. Like he needed no. pornography uh-huh. to yes. just sit and look and observe in order to get going. Yeah. And he wouldn't let me be completely nude. I had to wear heels or or leg or um, thigh highs or lingerie or something mm-hmm. the whole time. And I was like, yeah, this is not for me, dude. Because <laughs> It's a lot of work. It is um, a lot of work. I've been in this position is, it, for a really long time. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> like I'm out. And it just wasn't natural and it didn't flow. And honestly, there are so many positions I cannot be in with heels on, friends. Like, that is impossible. Somebody's going to get an eye out, you know? So then the second guy, (laughs) ladies, let's just say he had a closet, a double door closet full of so much things. Um, Things that that caused pain and 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 i just told him i'm like listen i'm all for some hair pulling and some ass slapping but i am i'm here for pleasure not for pain my friend and 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 i just can't i don't it's not me that's not me but the real deal breaker for me was when i opened his door (laughs) he was wearing the same panties i was wearing Yes. Red lace Brazilian panties. He was like, do you think, do you think, do you like this? And I was like, I would like them better off. So let's just take them off. And Yeah. No shade to people who do that. We all have different preferences, but I just realized, Oh, like every time I go out and like sleep with a random guy, I should probably do a survey ahead of time or like, right. <laughs> you know, like, what are we into friends? Like, let's go, let's go. What what are we talking about here? What, what's the expectation? Well, and not being in that world for so long and then you go into this world and then you like have that for your first two, I would imagine that was rather shocking to the system. It was. I mean, I was all for it. I was like, we're not going to say no to nothing for the first time, but we will say no the second time. <laughs> You yeah, know, right. I'll try, I'll try anything once. Yeah. Okay. And I did. Yeah. And it just was not for okay. me. 
But then I met a guy who, hindsight is twenty twenty. let me just tell you, he was gorgeous. He was a strongman competitor. And now I did sleep with him on the first date, but I told him on the first date, this is not going to be a relationship. I said, would you accept my invitation of becoming my lover? I don't really want to just have sex, but I would like a lover. And I explained kind of what I thought my the difference was. Like I want it to be passionate and romantic, and but not a relationship. And he was down totally. But then eventually, because and I saw on the very first date red flags. Such as? Yeah. The biggest red flag was that he had moved away from his children. No. Now he told me that he had consistent communication with them, that he saw them twice a month and all this kind of stuff. But ultimately, over the course of a year that we were together, he had only visited him two times. Mm. So initially, I saw that as a red flag because I have father abandonment issues. And but I was like, well, we can be lovers. But then that turned into more. That was a year and a half. Oh, oh okay. It's <laughs> a long time. Yeah. Yes, it was a long time because, you know, you're looking at a recovering codependent, a recovering people pleaser. I had never been alone my entire life. I grew up in a big family. I went straight to college and had roommates. I got married the week after I graduated college. And so I had never been alone. And honestly, the fear of being alone was greater for me at that time than the fear of uh, of being in a, maybe a toxic or bad relationship because I was an expert at that. <laughs> like I knew that yeah. I knew toxic, chaotic or bad relationships and me not getting my knees met. I knew that. So that was familiar, which is way more comfortable than the unfamiliar of being alone. And we broke up. I told him to move. I said, you're going to have to move back to be with your kids because I can't respect you as a father. And so he did. And we tried long distance for about four months and he couldn't do that. And you would think grown ass woman in her forties, like, okay, I learned my lesson. I got this figured out. I know what I'm doing. Not that easy. No, it's not. And so I was like going through withdrawal. I was going through detachment which this man was the most I had ever been in love with a man before in my entire life. So this was the first time really I was having my heart broken. And it was so, so incredibly painful. And it was during COVID. So already life was shitty. And uh, my kids were going through a hard time. And I was like, I just need a pick me up. Well, where, how did you meet the next person? Again, on a dating app. Once again, there were red flags. There were red flags. And I went and talked to a friend of mine who had been single for 16 years. And I was telling her the red flags. And she just didn't give me great advice. She was like, listen, I've been single for 16 years. There aren't any good guys out there. Like, he's probably the best you're going to get. So just keep trying. Full speed ahead. But the problem with me is once I get exclusive, then I have a hard time breaking up. I'm like, we're in it. We're not going to give up. We're going to keep trying. And I just kept seeing him for his potential. 
right? And not for actually who he was, which is completely. You're so not, you're so, so not alone there. I'm sure you know that, but. Yes. And thank goodness. I hear from my followers all the time on social media that they do mm -hmm. the same and some ladies still in their sixties yes, doing the same. Exactly. So, so I am so appreciative of all of my community for, you know, making me feel normal because I basically have showed them my whole shit show of a process. And cause I'm all about just being real and authentic and I have good days. I have bad days. I, I, I learned hard lessons right in front of your eyes. <laughs> and so he ended up being a complete and utter con artist. Oh. That relationship was on and off for two years. That's a long time. Because there were so many other things that kept coming up. And the biggest thing that I discovered well into our relationship was that he was an alcoholic mm. and he was an angry drunk. So he never got physical with okay. me, but the emotional abuse was just horrific. But once again, I'm familiar with that. I can handle that. That's so much better than being alone. But he would come to me and say like, um, Okay, so I'm going to AA now, and 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 that will help. So, so hold on, help me out here. I need you. Then he would another crash again, and then he would come and say, "Okay, now I have an anger management therapist, so stick with me." And I would, and then he would crash again. Next time, I'm taking this pill that makes me allergic to alcohol, so I can't drink it ever again. So stick with me here, and I would because. You know, especially as someone who grew up in very, very in the church, we are taught extend grace, mm -hmm. forgive, mm -hmm. be loyal, yeah. you know, and never taught about boundaries and speaking your truth and knowing your worth and your value. It was a shit show for a year and a half. I mustered the courage to break up with him only and here. And this is sad. This is so sad. Only because my 16-year-old daughter came to me and said, Mom, this man is so disrespectful to you. And is that the kind of example uh, that you want to set for me? That's incredible. It took that. I wasn't even strong enough to do it myself. I find that so terribly sad. There's a lot of, there's a lot of play there, though. Yes. And honestly, I looked at her and I was like, well, first I was angry, but she was right. She was right. I mean, that was one of the reasons why my, their dad and I divorced, because we weren't giving our kids an example of a loving relationship. And he and I were broken up, no contact for months. And then <laughs> um, a dating coach reached out to me on TikTok. Her name is Chantel Heidi. Oh, that's interesting. She wrote this book, No More Assholes. Oh, oh I love that. And she was like, honey, I think you need my help. Oh, that's amazing. And I amazing. was like, what are you talking about? I, I got and when you. I saw like, her why? videos, she appeared to me as like this well- 
put together Sunday school teacher. And I was like, I don't need no more rules. Then I found out she had been a stripper for 20 years. And I was like, yes. Okay. Yes. I will listen to you because you know men probably better than anybody else knows men. Yeah. Right. Interesting. So bartenders, hairdressers and strippers, they know men. (laughs) They do. In a whole different way. Yes. And they hear everything. So Mm -hmm. she told me to read this book. And she told me that she would give me free coaching sessions. What did she see on TikTok that made her reach out to you? She saw my on and off toxic relationship with my ex, Darren, the alcoholic. And then there was also a third guy during an off time that I totally got wrapped up in for about two months, who also told me that he was divorced. And wasn't? No. Mm. No. Now, his wife had abandoned the family for five years and was out of the picture. But ironically, how the TikTok works, she found him and I on because I had put him on my TikTok. So she came back into the picture. And he uh, and he was like, I'm going to need some time to figure this out because of my kids. And so anyway, I was like, yeah, you just I didn't know you were still married. So Mm. (laughs) that's a bit of a problem. That's a problem. So let's just go our separate ways. It's a longer story than that. But that's the synopsis. So she saw my like Mm. roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I was putting it all out there, you know, Mm -hmm. being authentic and vulnerable. And I was like, okay, maybe I should listen to somebody, you know, because obviously I'm not doing this right. And oh my God, her book changed my life. How so? (sighs) Okay. So this is a little, it's going to come across like an extreme method in today's world uh, of on online dating, but she has a basic principle that for the first three months of you meeting somebody, there's no kissing, no sex, no exclusivity, and no sleepovers for the first three months. Interesting. Uh huh. That's that, that is yeah. That's not what I said. What I said was fuck that. Fuck no. I- <laughs> <laughs> You're very gracious. I didn't have I didn't have sex with my husband until we got married. So I can do this, right? I can I can do this. But the whole first half of the book is really all about learning to value yourself mm-hmm. and knowing your worth and how to have boundaries and speak your truth. And I was not good at that, ladies. I was uh, a people pleaser, which I used to think people pleaser meant I'm just such a sweet, kind person, but really that's not what it means. People pleaser just means you're uncomfortable with somebody else being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I had to figure that out and learn like, Oh, I got to get over that. Like, otherwise people are just going to keep walking all over me. So I read her book and she made me do all this homework and I had to write down like, and I have this all printed out for you. I had to write down all of my manifestations, Mm. what I wanted to manifest in my life. Okay. So I did all that. I had to write down all of my values, everything that I valued. 
in life. I had to write down uh, who I am as a person. What did I, what were the qualities I thought I had possessed? And then I had to write down what qualities I wanted in my future spouse. She's like, you know, you're never going to aim, you're never going to hit a target of something that you have no aim for. You know, mm -hmm. you don't even know what the target is that you're trying to aim for. So get really freaking clear about who you are, what you want in your life, and what you want in a partner. And I was like, okay. So I did. So how hard was it for you to do some of those things? Like to write all of your values and all of the reasons why you have self-worth? It took me a couple of months. Now, fortunately, I had read Mark Manson's book, uh, The Subtle oh, Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah, he's great. Yep. So my values, I kind of already had written in the notes on my phone. And, and I have read a lot of other books. One of my favorite books of all times is Dr. Shafali's book, A Radical Awakening. That book kicked my ass. Oh. All right. We'll have to yes, check that out. We will. Almost as, okay, it's tied with Byron Katie's book, Loving What Is. Mm -hmm. That book I threw across the room quite a few times. I was like, <laughs> hell no. Okay, wait, maybe she's got something here. Maybe she knows, you know. <laughs> but I, I am a seeker of the truth. Yeah. And I'm always seeking. Also, I had to remember, like, I can't ask for a partner. I can't ask for any of these things from a partner if I'm not already those things. Right. Right. So there was a lot of soul searching and digging that I had to do. So then she was like, okay, we're going to try this online dating thing. And she helped create my whole pro my whole profile, picked my pictures, wrote, helped me write everything to be as transparent as possible and did it look quite different from your profile prior yes the profile oh. before was a pick me girl and this one was very like i am traditional i want a gentleman i would like to get to know somebody mentally emotionally and spiritually before i get to know them physically everything was covered up <laughs> mm -hmm. you know there was no thirst traps there were no filters there was just rawness and honesty which doesn't really matter, honestly, because men don't really read. In my experience, most men don't really read our mm -hmm. profiles that much. Mm -hmm. So I still got hundreds of messages. And here is what she told me to do. So she <laughs> said, this, this was the hardest thing for me, I think. She said, you're not going to go onto the dating apps and swipe. Mm. You're just going to make your profile mm. and walk away. And when you get a message from a man... If it's anything remotely generic, if it's, hey, hey, beautiful, how are you today? If it's remotely generic, you don't respond. You only respond to the men who have read your profile and state something about your profile. Needless to say, I've probably gotten 200 messages and I've probably only responded to 20. Interesting. Yes. And out of those 20, has anything come from any of those? I have gone on probably 10 dates. Now, we did this in May. Okay. So let oh, me just. That's, that's yeah. really. Just this past May? Yes. Oh, oh very recently. Yeah. Yes. My very first date was May 5th. Let me rewind and say that. My ex, the alcoholic, who I end up getting restraining order against, 
he kept creating TikTok accounts to follow me and to see what I'm saying. All in all, he made about six different accounts to harass me and bully me. And so he saw me posting all about this and that I went on a date. So the next morning after my first date, I got an email from one of his coworkers named Michelle saying that she was going to destroy my life and that she was going to post all over the internet, some inappropriate photos, Mm -hmm. not inappropriate, sexy photos, like Mm -hmm. super phenomenal photos that I took (laughs) because nobody sends a bad photo. Okay. They were phenomenal. And that I had sent to him during our relationship. Mm -hmm. And she she said she had the photos. She included them in the email. And she was like, I'm about to release these for the whole world to see. I'm about to destroy your life. Long story short, I recognized uh, the email. I recognized the writing as my exes. You know how they like spell certain words or thoughts and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, it's him. (laughs) So I called him. And he was like, oh, my God, I can't believe she did that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of this. I'm going to go over to her house and um, take care of this right now. And then you and I will meet for dinner and we'll talk about it. And I was like, okay, great. So uh, I call him back and I was like, look, I had a friend of mine trace the email address back to the home address. And it is you. Mm. <laughs> That was smart of you. Yeah. Yeah. Total bullshit. I totally did. No, that was great. Yeah. And he fell for it hook, line and sinker and he confessed it all. And he was like, listen, you know, I just, you know, I just needed a way to get your attention and to like, like for us to start communicating again. Yeah. So Monday morning I went to the courthouse and filed a restraining order. He pled guilty and I got the restraining order mm. and he ended up moving out of state. So he's in Florida oh. now. So whoever's in Florida, watch out, watch out for Darren. <laughs> public service. Yes, announcement. Public service announcement. Exactly. Anyway, that kind of stalled my dating process because yeah. it was a emotional, really difficult time and court cases after reading this book. And knowing what I want and learning how to vet men, pretty much I can tell on the first date now. Can you really? Yes. Okay, so tell us your tricks. Well, first of all, before the date, I have a list of questions. Can you give us like a few, a few of those? Sure. Like basically values, life values. I ask about marriage. Are you married? Does anyone... (laughs) Does anyone think you're married to them? <laughs> Maybe are you Does anyone think you're in a relationship? I think there's probably 20 questions that I kind of go through. And then I always do a video call mm-hmm. for before the date. I try to do a video call, not only so that I don't get catfished, but that's where I like to tell them. So listen, I'm just the kind of girl that I don't kiss anybody except for my boyfriend. So until we get exclusive, 
just wanted you to know I'm not comfortable with kissing because for me, the physical connection's easy. Mm-hmm. What I really want to know first and foremost is can we have a mental, spiritual, and emotional connection first? Yeah. My philosophy generally is, and my dating coach taught me this, so I can't take credit, is I can teach a good man to be a good lover, but I cannot teach a good lover to be a good man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you usually know that from the video call? No. Because there's something in person that happens. I agree. Right. Like there's an energy, there's chemistry or something like that. Like I really need to meet them in person. So even if I don't think they're attractive by their photos, because men take horrible photos Mm -hmm. and even by their video, as long as they look like their photos, I'll still meet at least once Mm -hmm. to see Cause there's just something sometimes about a man, like if he's confident, if he holds himself well, mm-hmm. if he's a gentleman, that's just very sexy and can really raise the bar or raise their number, I guess, in my head. I mean, most of the guys I go out on dates with after the first date, I'm just texting them and saying, you know, thank you so much for the mm-hmm. date. It was lovely. Uh, but personally, I didn't feel like we had a connection, but I wish you the best of luck. And that, my friends, was very hard for me to do initially. I bet. Yeah. Yes, because as a recovering people pleaser. Yes, yes. Not wanting to hurt someone's feelings. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, it makes so much better, right, to just say that mm-hmm. gently than to just slowly disappear. Yes. Yes. And what I realized was to just slowly disappear was not kind. Mm-hmm. No. Exactly. That was prevent allowing them to keep their hopes up yes. and preventing them from going down a different path to find yes. their person. Yes. Yep. Yes. So I wasn't being kind when mm-hmm. I thought I was. Exactly. Exactly. So now I'm just real. My life motto is say what you mean without saying it mean. So what has been the biggest difference for you this time around since the dating coach, since reading the book, your biggest takeaways to how you feel differently around dating in general right now, would you say? <laughs> despite the dating mistakes I've made in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got my shit together yeah. Yeah. and I have a great life. Mm-hmm. I just want a match for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you now know you're deserving of that. I not only do I know I'm deserving of it. I am. I now have the ability to enforce my boundaries mm-hmm. and that. So that mm-hmm. was a huge thing that I learned. Cause I used to think that, if I just spoke my boundary, mm-hmm. yeah. then they would respect that. And then that was their responsibility to respect it. Uh-huh. And so I realized that it was my responsibility yeah. to enforce my boundary. I just see men so clearly. You know, I used to be a sex ed teacher, so I'm familiar with what oxytocin does to your body. And, you know, it's called the cuddling or love or bonding hormone for a reason bond you to this person when I would date guys and they would start touching me and hugging me and holding me and holding my hand that starts the whole process of oxytocin release let alone when they kiss me here or there (laughs) then I'm done for yeah Mm -hmm. now I'm in the business of vetting and making an informed decision before I bring a man to the bedroom. 
Well, that's <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So we have we have a few like final questions we like to ask. Okay. One of which is, let's say you were on like a speed dating type situation with a man. You were allowed three questions only for them. What would those three questions be? I mean, they would probably be the first three questions on my list. Okay. What is your relationship with uh, religion and politics? Mm -hmm. Number one. Yeah. Number two, what is, how do you feel about the social issues in our, in the United States? Mm -hmm. Because that not only covers the LGBTQ, uh, yeah. but also feminism, women's mm -hmm. rights, racism, yes. stuff like that, yes. which are really important to me. And probably number three would be what's your relationship like with your children? Because if a man, those are just the first, those are the first three on my values list yeah, yeah. that you need to pass before I can even move any further. So if you could describe the dating apps in one, two or three words. A facade. Mm -hmm. well, I like that. Yeah, That's really good. Too. It's just, it's not real. Mm -hmm. It's what you, they want you to think. And it's our responsibility to dig deeper. It sounds like you're cutting through a lot of that. Yes. Yes. Which is awesome. Yeah. I love well, your techniques. Yes, I do too. They're outstanding. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. As we all so, have. Right. We all have. So, you know, the only, either, either I was just going to continue down mm -hmm. that cycle. Yeah. Or I was going to change and be better, a better example for my kids so that they can have healthier relationships. It's really important for my kids to see yeah. that I am happy even without a man in my yes. life. Yes. yes. That they are enough for me, mm -hmm. that I am enough for me. Mm -hmm. That's really important. I had to change. I, there really was no other option. Just enjoying life. And I'm not making dating a stressful part in my life. Well, good for you. That's a great message for everyone and anyone who's listening. It really is. And you're enough. You're enough. I am enough. Yes. That is you're number enough. one. Yeah. That's number one on my list. Yeah. I'm enough. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, Holly. It was Thank you, it's honestly, it's a pleasure. It really, really has. has. Next time I want to interview yeah. you. Okay. We can come back and flip it. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank okay, you so let's much. do it. We're so Bye, ladies. So nice story. to meet you. Really. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Holly. You're incredible. Bye. Bye. Bye.